0: If I had a dollar for every time I heard somebody say, I just feel so lost. I feel like I don't know who I am anymore. I've just lost touch with who I am and this is changing and all the things. Listen, I would be rich. I'm talking Oprah rich. I we would be having sipping coffee, having conversations at one of her properties. And I would be telling her how rich I am from this. And a lot of times when we think about feeling lost, um, we think about like, oh, there's a version of me that used to be. And then there's a version of me that I want to be. And you're sitting smack dab in the middle in the gap. Do you feel like that? I've certainly felt that way before. My coaching clients have, my therapy clients have, my friends and family. I mean, you're in great company. So today we're going to talk about why you being lost may have less to do with an identity crisis and more to do with the fact that you're overwhelmed and what we need to do to kind of reverse that. If you are new to me, hello and welcome. My name is Chastity. I am so glad that you're here. I love sitting down, having these cozy conversations with you as we just kind of maneuver through the highs and the lows of motherhood and what it means to be intentional with the way that we live our lives as we manage work and life and all the things in between. Before we get started into our topic and discussion for today, I want to let you know that I have a free gift for you, which is a five-day reset challenge. It's an email challenge that you will get every day to your email that comes with this guide that's really set up to help you be more intentional with managing overwhelm, but also be more intentional with knowing who you are at the same time. And of course, today we're going to talk about what those two things have in common. But this um, challenge is set up to help you walk through that step by step. So go to the description and you'll be able to pick it up and live your best life. Okay. so one of the things that I hear all the time from my clients is this kind of identity loss that happens, whether it's right when you first have kids, or you're like years into the game. And you've just kind of woken up to the fact that like, you don't know who you are anymore. Like things have changed and evolved. And you are wearing a whole new wardrobe. You're listening to whole different music, you got a whole do- different friend group, you're doing things you never said that you were gonna do anymore, you're driving a minivan, you got a minivan. Because some people be saying that they're not gonna ha- buy a minivan, but they got a minivan. I don't have a minivan, but if you got one, that's fine. But that's just an example of the things that we say we're not going to do, but we do. The identity be changing, okay? Now, you might be thinking, what in the world does feeling lost have to do with feeling overwhelmed? I want to break that down, okay? I see feeling lost as kind of this numbness to self. We kind of talked about this earlier. There's a has been of you. There's a wanna be of you. And there's a huge gap in between. Right. But I feel like this numbness of self, you don't truly understand the, the place that you hold within the greater scheme of life. You know that you're a good mom. You know that you are a good wife. You know that you're a good friend. You know that you have all of these different aspects of your job and your work going on. That's a given. It's like, okay, these things are managing. But when it comes to your individuality, there's a numbness there. And what I mean by numbness is um, there are a lot of things that you have yet to understand about yourself. And because of it, there's an emptiness There's an unsettling, there's this feeling of now you're experiencing things for the first time, or maybe in a more intense way. And you don't really know what to do with that. Maybe before you had a little bit more of a a grapple on it. But now you don't, right? There's no footing there to help you you're numb to yourself. So if feeling loss is being numb, there's not a whole lot going on. There's a stillness, there's an unsettling this kind of stuckness feeling, right? Then I see overwhelm as being overstimulated. There's too much going on. It's too loud in here. It's music, it's thoughts, it's people, it's demands, it's deadlines, it's priorities. It's all the things, right? Happening in the environment around you. But on the inside of you, it's very still and, and not in a very good way. And because overwhelm is the loudest, it is the strongest voice in the room. It's the strongest voice in our bodies. Okay. Nervous system is shot because it's a lot going on because that is the case. We tend to put all of our energy on decreasing overwhelm only. And that is not a, it's, it's not a bad thing to try to manage your overwhelm. Okay. Okay. I'm not that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that there needs to be another key to the picture. I feel like if you're just thinking about overcoming overwhelm, you're just trying to put out fires all the time. Oh, I need to do this and this is popping up and I need to do that. And then once these fires are out, then I can get back to this and I can rebuild myself and prioritize myself and I can do this and X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, right? Right if these fires would just calm down, if my kids would just get out of this particular phase, if if my relationship could resolve conflict a little bit better, if my job could give me more realistic deadlines, you know, I would be able to have a calmer life and then I can get to know me a little bit better. But that never happens, right? There is always a fire. And so you continuously Putting those, these fires out is you saying, I want to sign up for a survival mode. And what does survival mode do to your body? It says we have to fight with every nerve in our body to stay alive. It's, it literally feels like it's in a state of threat. Like, coach, we can't sleep because what if something is going to attack us? That's how your body feels. Even though you're like, okay, I feel I I know my environment is safe. No one's going to break into my house. Your body does not know that. And so it's sending these signals like we're not safe. There's something there's a fire happening around us within us, okay? That's telling us we cannot relax. This is not a time of rest for us, right? And so I think I've mentioned this before, troubles with sleeping, um even issues with appetite, all of those things come from overwhelm and you're focusing on how can I stop being overwhelmed? How can I stop being overwhelmed? And if I put this fire out, I listen, it's the burnout cycle. You know it, you've lived it, right? So instead of starting out with trying to manage overwhelm, I have another solution for you. I think you should start off with learning yourself instead. And I know that probably sounds a little crazy, but go with me. Just go with me. Can you do that? Okay. I'm not talking about the learning yourself or the connecting with yourself. Like, um, figure out the music that you like. You know what I mean? Like, figure out um, the exercises that you can do on this side of yourself. Think about... um, your new wardrobe, like all those things are fine and dandy. And yes, that is a part of yourself It's very surface level, but it is a part of yourself. So yes, do that. But also no, we can't stop there because there's so much more to you than what you do and what you consume. And I think a lot of times we gravitate towards those things that we do or consume. And we call that that we call that Who we are, right? I'm the type of person who does this. I'm the type of person who wakes up, you know, at nine o'clock on Saturday morning, and then I do an hour workout, and then I go to Target, and then I come back and just kind of freshen up the kitchen, and then I do this, and then I go on a sexy little date night, and then okay, that that's fine and dandy. Though you needed that; those are good things to do. I'm not telling you to stop doing those things, but what happens when you cannot? do those things. There has to be more about you that does not have to do with doing or consuming. I just want to let that marinate just a little bit. Okay. So when I talk about the big three, okay. So The big three, when it comes to connecting these two, make them speak to each other, this numbness and this overstimulation, nothing is happening, everything is happening. How to make them like, you know, be nice to each other so that you can live your life, because that's what we want. The first of your big three is learning about your emotional overwhelm. So internally, there are triggers that happen for you that give you warning signs that tell you, um, this hurts my feelings. The other day I'd asked my husband for um, help with something and I was certain, okay. I was certain that he was going to just be like, yeah, send it over. I have, I have no issues with that. Uh, but he didn't, he kind of set a little a bit of a boundary and I was hurt. I, I was thinking, Sir, this is not how this works, okay? Do you know how hard it is for me to ask for help? And then you want to come back and tell me now the upset that I felt. (laughs) Before me asking for help, I had identified a need so that I could ask him. Now, it ended in us kind of figuring out how how I could get that need met and all is well, okay? But the reason why I brought that point up is, I would have never gotten to that end result of us being able to communicate and find a solution that was going to work for the both of us and ultimately help me meet a need that I had um, had I not known what I needed in the first place. Sometimes we want people to automatically know what we need because if it comes from them, if they know it, if they can read our minds, we don't have to. You sometimes will expect people to know what you need, what you got going on without you yourself knowing it. And that's not fair. And if you would just kind of sit and think about that for a little bit, (laughs) the example that comes to my mind is like, you're hungry, right? Your husband says, hey, babe, I'm about to go uh, pick something up. What do you want to eat? And You're like, "Mm, I don't know. What do you want? And then they name something. You're like, I don't want that. Why would you mention why would you mention that? Okay, there are plenty of options out there. But it's like, how how are they supposed to know what you want? If you don't know what you want. So first, really, one of one of the biggest ways to get to this knowing of your needs <laughs> is really taking inventory, looking at the patterns that happen. Um, throughout the week or even throughout the day right jotting down like today I felt super anxious okay how did the day start well it started with my my four-year-old staring me in the face and saying mommy and you know I barely opened my eyes and she was already there and I was scared not only was I scared but I knew right away I I just I would have to go straight into mommy mode okay that is a huge trigger. <laughs> Like that would be a trigger for anybody that would be upsetting for anybody to have their day starting off like that. That tells you, I need some space in the morning for me to be able to wake up without immediately dropping into mommy mode, right? That that's a need. And it comes from that taking inventory of your day and your feelings and how you maneuvered through whatever happened that day, right? Um, this can take some time, right? It is you're, you're essentially putting your doing research on yourself, doing evaluation on yourself, and you don't have to feel like you're, you're doing it alone, or like you're the only one um responsible for for pointing this out. You can ask people that are around you, hey, like, are there some some patterns that you known about me that stick out to you? Like some things that Maybe like, oh, you can, it's a little spot of improvement. Now only ask the people who are going to be honest with you, but kind with you. We don't want to be out here asking people who are going to lie. Okay. And we don't want to be out here asking people who are mean. And hopefully you don't have those people in your life, but you just never know. Um, But yeah, ask them and hopefully they'll tell you, they'll give you some pointers of like, yeah, you know, you get a little, um, you get a little snipey sometimes with the kids around, you know this particular setting, dinner time when we get ready to go out or whatever it is, and work yourself backwards to say, okay, if i get super anxious when whenever we're going out to eat. I'm talking a lot about food. I told you i was rich and, and i'm eating with Oprah. I think that's why. Um but <laughs> when we get ready to go to the restaurant, and we're eating out, uh it makes me super anxious because i feel like, you know, everyone else is watching me and Um, they they think I should take the kids out of the restaurant and when they get loud and fussy and all these things. And so one that gives you a clue of, um, thinking through the fact that not everybody is, is watching you. They don't care that much, sis. They, they, they worry about their own selves. And even if they are watching you or tuning into you, listen, this is a normal part of the child development life cycle. Them crying has nothing to do with them they're going to be all right. Okay. So that's one thing, right? <laughs> Allowing yourself for that to be okay. If people are watching, and maybe you need to work through that, where is there shame or unresolved issues related to you appearing to be out of control in front of people? Hmm. Yeah, that's a big emotional need for you to think through and dig through the fact that your perception or your image in front of other people is more important than you in that moment and what you actually need. That, that would be a pointer. But you see what I'm saying? Like working through some of those patterns that happen in your life um, on a day-to-day basis, taking inventory, asking other people and having them join in on the conversations. Very important, very helpful, right? The second of the big three is environmental overwhelm. So this is really particularly around things that happen outside of you that you don't really have a whole bunch of control um, over, but because they frequent you often, so less than through work, right? Um, so if you are working for someone else, you're not an entrepreneur. You're working a nine to five. You're in corporate, and other people get to determine your deadlines, and you know, that's something that you can't, maybe you can negotiate a little bit. Like, coach, can I get this to you on Wednesday instead of Monday? Like there might be a little negotiation with that, but you still got to get it done. Okay. Even if you own your own business, you are kind of setting up your own deadlines because there are things that have to move in a certain order and time frame in order for you to serve the people that, that you love to serve. Right. But Environmental, environmentally, there can be these moments where we feel like what's happening um, around us is all consuming. But just like with the emotional overwhelm, pinpointing what exactly is it about that deadline that's making me feel this way? Is it something that you truly don't want to do? I had a coaching client a couple years ago. And we, would, we were talking through her relationship with her job and how, you know, she had climbed the, the corporate ladder. She was feeling good um, about the success that she had been able to acquire so far, but she was completely unfulfilled. So it wasn't about deadlines. It wasn't about even office politics, well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> it wasn't about... Um, a lot of the, the kind of ins and outs or day-to-days of a nine-to-five, it was the fact that she was doing work that she didn't really want to do. It was not really connected to the values that she wanted to express at this point in her life. So listening to some of those trigger points that come from your environment actually do point back to you. It's all related, you know? They actually do point back to you to let you know, hey, check in on this. You know, someone is calling you every day, every couple days, every time you see their number or name (laughs) flash across your screen, you roll your eyes. Okay, what is that about? Hmm? Do you want to talk to them or not? Does there need to be a boundary set with that person or the time of day that they call you or the things that you talk about when they call you? That is a trigger point for you to dig a little deeper and say, I'm overwhelmed. There's too much happening with this particular conversation, this particular person, this particular job, this particular project that I'm working on in my business, whatever it is, allow your environment to, to tune you in, to be a part of that check-in with yourself. Right? Whenever you feel yourself going into that, it's too much, too soon. I'm overstimulated. Think about why. Don't just leave it at, oh, I've had a hard day. And then try to go to sleep and you can't really go to sleep. Yeah, go a little bit deeper. Listen. We've talked about listening to ourselves, listening to our bodies, listening to the things that are coming up for us all the time. Listen to that. The third one of the big three is really being able to manage the expectations that are causing you overwhelm. Now this expectation overwhelm can also point back to number one. I feel like they all kind of do, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a trio that are connected with strings here. Um, But expectation overwhelm is thinking that you are always behind. In some way, some fashion, you are missing the train and you feel like it's never going to come back again, that you've, you've missed a shot. Um, you've missed your window and that's it. That's one form of expectation. Another form of expectation is this kind of, uh, idle version of you. The one, you know, she does everything right and perfect and she doesn't yell at her kids. She doesn't ever buy takeout instead of doing the home cooked meals. You know, she gets everything done at work. She never rolls her eyes at her boss. She never gets frustrated at the emails from, from her customers. She just, she lives her life on a beat and she never skips it. Oh, 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 <laughs> listen, she has it going on. She, she got it going on, but here's the thing. These expectations of this idle version of yourself are causing you more strain and stress than you realize, As we talked about before, this like the burnout cycle and how it can end up in the negative thoughts that you have about yourself, these expectations fly right on to that. And there's a lot of, you know, things that you think you should be doing that's putting this unnecessary, it's pushing this unnecessary anxiety button for you. Girl, it needs to be happening now. Bye. And your body's like, oh, now, now, she said now. (laughs) Everything is urgent, which means that nothing really is urgent. Everything is important, which means nothing is important. But you're telling your body, your system, your alarm system, we are in threat mode. We are in go mode. Everything is on fire. And if we don't do something right now to put it out, everything's going to burn. Everything's going to burn. Check in with your expectations around um, timelines in your life, where you should be. Um, maybe you feel like you should have this whole motherhood thing figured out by now. And I honestly feel like we will always be learning and always evolving in that. Maybe you feel bad about um, the way that things have just shifted with your relationships and your friendships around you. and your the expectation is that it was supposed to stay the same. And that's not true. It's not realistic. So expectation overwhelm is very big. It's very huge. It's very sneaky because sometimes we don't always know that it's happening because we, the more you consume other people's lives and other people's stories, which that's all of what social media is, right? The consumption of someone else's information. The more you do that, the more it sinks into your spirit and your noggin, um, to let you know that their information has to be your information. And when you take their information as your information, you intuitively put up this timeline and this idol of yourself. And that is causing you overwhelm. Take inventory of that. Where is that coming from? Do I need to unfollow some people? Do I need to have conversations, et cetera, et cetera. I think the beautiful part of being able to walk through the big three right? Emotional overwhelm, environmental overwhelm, and expectation overwhelm It's the fact that you get to one, identify your needs in that area. But because you've identified those needs in that area, you are kinder to yourself. We like to talk about self-compassion as if we can just pull it out of thin air. Say, there we go. (laughs) Now I'm just going to smother myself in a little self-compassion and all is going to be well on earth it don't work like that do it I know I know it don't work like that but here's why um, if you don't know where your frustration where you're overwhelmed where this feeling of being lost is coming from you are quick to blame and if you don't have um, something tangible outside of you to blame you're going to blame yourself and it's hard to be kind to something someone who you blame as a you know, somebody who's done you wrong, someone who has hurt you. But when you know that, oh, I actually get frustrated and, and yell at my kids when they come home from school and everything is everywhere, or I'm pick, picking them up from daycare and they're screaming in cars, It's because it's literally too loud. And I'm a little sensitive to the sensory of noise all the time. So I just, I, I'm not a bad mom. I'm not too short fused. I just need to figure out a way to bring that noise level down. You know, they're kids. They're going to they're gonna do what they do. My kid's yelling right now. I hope you can't hear them. Um, they're going to do what they do, right? So you can't necessarily just be like, okay, y'all be quiet all the time. But what what can you insert? What quiet time can you insert to kind of combat that? Um, I heard someone kind of talking about noise cancellation headphones or or earphones, things like that, like that's a that's a very simple way to connect to yourself and to um, combat overwhelm and be kind to yourself. Why would you withhold things that are going to help you? When you do those smaller things for yourself, you're creating that space for you to be um, rediscovered. It's like, oh, if if that worked, (laughs) shoot, what else can work? Oh, I actually am one of those parents. And this is a personal testimony. Okay, when I first had my girls, um, I'd gained a whole bunch of weight, there was a lot going on with my body. And because I had been scrolling Instagram and trying to catch up with the girlies, and everyone was wearing leggings and dark clothing and neutrals and all the things. And I was consuming that. I felt like, okay, well, I guess that's the mom look. I guess that's what I have to deal with. So I revamped my closet with things I don't even like. And once I started to realize, oh, it actually makes me feel good when I dress a particular way, kind of like I used to, right? I don't care if someone thinks I'm doing too much. Because I have on this type of shirt and not a t-shirt. I don't care if you think I'm doing too much if I got on jeans and not leggings. I don't want to live that life. And listen, no, no, no shade against you if you like leggings. You got on leggings right now, don't you? Bless it. That's all right. That's your life. I'm talking about my life. Okay? <laughs> and the point in the point in that is when I started to dress more like myself, give myself permission to put on clothes and buy clothes that I like versus what I thought you know I had to to wear I was like oh I feel better and it's like coach what else can I do what else is 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 floating around in there that needs to come out and so and also because of that when I get up And I get dressed in the morning. I ask you over on Instagram, did you get dressed today? Um, A part of that is it one, it helps me feel better. So I'm sure it can help someone else feel better to have that reminder. Um, But also when you feel like you've given to yourself, the overwhelm of trying to give to the environment that's around you becomes a little less hectic, it becomes a little less overstimulating. It doesn't take it all away now. You know, putting on a shirt it's not gonna completely take your sorrows away. But it might help. You never know unless you try. Okay. So the moral of this story today is you are not lost. You might just be buried under overwhelm. Doing too much too fast. You're not the the emotional overwhelm that you're experiencing. The needs that you have with your emotions, they don't have an output. And so taking inventory to see what it is that they're trying to remind you of is important. Um, You might be overwhelmed by the things that are happening in your environment. Maybe it has something to do with deadlines and there's too much on your plate. Maybe it's because what's on your plate is not aligned to your values. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, The other part of that, right, is that maybe you have these expectations that are driving you to be on an endless treadmill walk situation. You just think you're moving forward, but you're not. And you feel it. You feel the burn, but you have not moved. (laughs) My goodness. Remember these things, okay? Yes, we need to think about managing overwhelm. But we also need to think about how the connection to self can actually help us manage that overwhelm in and of itself. I hope this was helpful. Join me in the next one. Check out the five day free reset challenge that is available to you in the description and we'll chat soon.